Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's a pain-free Friday for us. Don't have minutes on the mahogany. Waxing it up. 100, 200. A bad seat. A broken date. A bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad attitude. Bad tape. Bad law. Bad do. Bad breath. Bad attention. Bad vibes. We are live in the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios who understands that it's not just a mortgage, it's your mortgage. That's the difference. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. Get your Rocket Mortgage on, son. People touch the plastic bags, direct the traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do better. All my friends that come around, flat to flat to party, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, it's tired, it's tired, and my brain's splattered all over Manhattan, shadow be shake out, are you with us tonight from New York? Oh, we got a little puddle of mud for you tonight with Carver High. Maddie E's in here. Schwartz on updates. Are you with us? Draft and let it all hang out tonight. 855-212-4CBS. Brought to you by Geico. Great news. You can save a bunch of money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Jerry Hinnon will join us at 40 past this hour to talk college football. And then top of the second hour, Jamie Eisenberg on fantasy. Uh, Good one. Uh, World Series 3-1 Astros in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, Nationals down a couple runs. They got a runner on. Carver, I'd have been leaving guys on base all night. Yeah, they had a couple guys on early. They had the bases loaded in the third. They've had some opportunities tonight. They have not cashed in, and the Astros have gotten some big hits against Sanchez. So um, how did they score the runs? I, I know they just scored a run uh, in the fifth, but they had a 2 nothing lead. So they came out of the uh, gates and got the early lead on him, right? So uh, I'm going to look at it here. Okay, so in the second, Reddick singled, Correa scored, and then Brantley reached on an infield, uh, single to the pitcher, Altuve scored. Those were the first two runs. Then uh, the Robles triple scored. Zimmerman made it 2-1. Then Brantley singled, uh, Altuve scored in the fifth, 3-1. Astros, game three, in figure, in D.C., that they would get back into the series, right? Aren't you a big Nationals fan, uh, Matt? Matt is losing his mind tonight. After you had a 2 nothing lead in the World Series, do you think they're going to uh, let it uh, slip through their fingers, or do you think they'll win it? Oh, no. I have every faith that they're going to let it slip through their fingers. Oh, you think they're going to choke? Oh, 1,000%. It's a D.C. <laughs> thing. We Cho- love choking. Choking? I don't know. No, they- they're they're going to win this series. You think? They're not. They might not win tonight, but they're going to win this series. 
So I, I didn't think the I was telling you last night I didn't think the Astros would go down 3-0. Do you think that um, that if they lose tonight and and that stops the eight game winning streak or whatever that it'll that that they'll recover from that and you know bounce right back and win like isn't the game tomorrow? Is it is it tomorrow? Is it what is it Saturday Sunday? Yeah, three in a row tonight uh, Saturday Sunday night. Okay, and then they would go back Tuesday. Tuesday Wednesday would be back in Houston. There you go. So. Uh, you know, they, they're in big trouble tonight. I mean, I guess it's not the end of the world. They're down two runs, so. I mean, it's not over yet, but that'll make things interesting tomorrow. Do you know? Oh, so it's uh, Corbin tomorrow for the Nationals. Do we know who the Astros are going to pitch? If that'll be a bullpen game. Is it a bullpen game? There you go. Uh, the Red Sox will hire Ray Senior VP. Heim Bloom as their new general manager. I think he's 36 years old. Is that about right? Yes, Heim Bloom. There you go. Congratulations. Uh, Pat Mahomes is officially after the Chiefs Sunday night against the Packers at Arrowhead. The Saints say Drew Brees is a game-time decision for their game against the Arizona Cardinals. Other big games Sunday include the Eagles at Bills and Browns at Pat. Should the Saints sit Brees another week? Huge college football weekend, including Wisconsin at number three, Ohio State. Wisconsin ranked 13th. Number nine, Auburn at number two, LSU. And number eight, Notre Dame at number 19, Michigan. I'm surprised Michigan's even ranked. How are they ranked? Hopefully after this week, they won't be ranked anymore. Can any of the road teams in these uh, three big showdowns win the game, Carver High? I think the Irish definitely can. So, uh, college football tonight, I see USC's having their problems in Boulder, per usual. Are they? I, I think they're having problems in Boulder. Uh, before I heard the score, they were losing. So, right now, Fonya, rest in peace. 17-7, Rado. The buffs are up in the second with about three minutes left. USC in big trouble. Colorado scored uh, two touchdowns in the second quarter. And they lead USC by 10. That smells like an upset right there, if you want to call it that. USC's 4-3, and 3-1 three, three and one of the Pac-12. I mean, are they ever just going to admit that Helton's not doing the job and give Urban Meyer the gig? I mean, when are they just going to finally admit it? December. Is that right when it's over, they're yeah, going to fire him? it's over, then they'll fire Meyer. All right. So uh, we have a lot of action tonight. As I mentioned earlier, don't forget, top of the hour, second hour, Jamie Eisenberg, You'll want to call right at the top of the hour to get on hold and get in with him because we get tons of calls, and it's crazy. So you want to line up when uh, 11 o'clock rolls around and start calling. All right, 855-212-4227. Later this hour, Jerry Hinnon on college football. It's Pharrell on the bench. This is CBS Sports Radio. This is Pharrell on the bench. All right, so uh, Zimmerman just got dropped at the plate, but that didn't hit him. So that whole scene is a big acting job. He didn't get hit. What is that about? Like, he just got scared. He looks like, is he seeing ghosts now? Might be. There, he, he's acting. He didn't get hit. So that's all drama right there. Bring out the manager. Bring out the trainer. So this is huge. Uh, one and two count. Runners on second and third. Bottom five. They're down two runs. A single ties it. They brought in James. So Grinky's done for the night. 
I'm watching a great game. Dallas Mavs, 112-109 in New Orleans. They lead with four minutes left. And The Rock. I'm uh, just excited seeing Porzingis healthy, to be honest with you. I always liked this game. Guy can shoot. And, I mean, from downtown. And he can block shots like nobody's business. Uh, I think Porzingis and, and like... Mitchell Robinson, right? Those are my uh, two favorite. And Rudy Gobert, shot blockers in the league. I mean, these guys are just all world, uh, you know, shot blocking defensive magnets. I just like watching a young kid play. Uh, Mitchell Robinson's 21. They're already talking about, like, in New York, uh, you know, stardom after one season that he's going to turn into a superstar. And then I can't get enough of Luka Doncic playing with Porzingis. I mean, that's just beautiful. If you live in Dallas on the ticket, you got to go snap up some tickets, son, and go watch him play because those two can actually put on a show every night. I mean, to tell you. Uh, So in this game, Porzingis has 24. He's 8 of 16 from the floor, 3 of 5 from downtown, 5 of 8 from the line, 3 rebounds, 3 dimes, 5 block shots. Did I tell you? This guy just swats everything. And then uh, Doncic, 20 points, 8 of 17, 2 threes, 2 for 2 from the line. How about this? 9 boards, 10 dimes, 2 steals. So he's 1 rebound from the trip dub. I just love watching him. Every time he's got the rock, something could happen. I mean, he's just incredible uh, making plays, just scoring, doing whatever he wants. They're up 115-109 on the Pelicans. The game was tied at 109, but they haven't scored since, and the Mavs are getting it done. Brunson with a huge uh, turnaround bucket along the baseline. Remember him at Nova? Kick and play flat out. So now uh, 2-2 with two outs, runners on second and third. This is huge, this at back, Carver High for Zimmerman. And you have to admit, he's been pretty good for them in the postseason. Ever since that wild card game and then the, you know, championship series, into the World Series, he's not only gotten big hits, but he's also played great at first. Oh, he's been really good for them. He's come through in big spots. This is the biggest one yet for him. Yeah, now it's full count. Full count. He just needs to get a hit. Uh, forget about all this other stuff, trying to hit home runs and everything. He needs to slap a single to right. That's it. That's all it takes right now. And he got a brand new game. A whole new game. I mean, the whole thing. You know, it doesn't seem like uh, it's their night so far to me with all the guys they've left on base. So that's been the story of the night. That's what I think the story will continue as here with this at bat. I hope the guy gets a hit, but I don't think he will. <laughs> Struck out. There you go. They're just leaving guys on base all night. That's the story of the night. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be the Yankees all over again, watching them just struggle to score. After they scored all those runs in game two, right? They scored, what, 12, 13 runs? I mean, now they can't uh, play at anything. So, well, I'll tell you what. It makes the uh, World Series better. You know, I don't want to see, to be honest with you, uh, what, some, you know, sweep or they go up three. It's like meaningless, right? It's over. But at 2-1, it's, it's a whole new, uh, you know, dinner menu. Now, tomorrow night's game is huge. So I'm excited to see how they respond, actually, the rest of tonight. And then 
tomorrow to see how they recover from this. Because they had been so hot, so on fire, winning every game, lighting it up, scoring runs, getting the pitching, getting the relief, getting the big hits, making plays defensively. And now all of a sudden they lose. And I want to see if they lose to see how they react to that, to see if they start going backwards or if they get back on the horse and win tomorrow. Because they cannot let them, in my view, Carver High, even up that series tomorrow. Because if they do, <laughs> then I think they're in big trouble. Because they, you know, then what? They get one win at home at best, and then they got to go to Houston for two more? No, it would not be ideal because they've already gotten two wins in Houston and both of those against Cole and Verlander. So you don't want to leave yourself in a spot where you're going to have to beat Cole and Verlander again. To because that's not series. happening. So, you know, you want to win these games when Colin Verlander are not on the mound right. and avoid those situations later in the season. I think if they get, uh, obviously, back to Houston and they have Cole and Verlander going again, that they'll both— I think uh, Cole would go game five Sunday night in D.C. Verlander would pitch game six in Houston uh, on Tuesday. And then what happens in uh, game seven? Granky would pitch for them. Oh, Granky. Wow. I mean, he had uh, he had it going tonight. Nothing. Uh, I think if you're the Nationals, what you really want to do is you want to get one of these two games before you see Cole again on Sunday night. If you went into the Cole game up three-one, and you're giving yourself three games to win one out of Cole, Verlander, and Granke, that's what you want to do. You get it even, and then suddenly you got to beat you you know possibly both of them. I mean, it's. A very tricky if you lose these two ga- first two games in D.C. Yeah, if they lose the first two games in D.C., then the whole thing turns toward Houston. Well, you're going to get yourself in a spot where then if Cole and Verlander beat you then, you might be facing a game seven. And even though, you know, it could be a, you know, uh, what is it tonight? Sanchez against Granke. Right. Anything can happen in that game. You don't want to get to that. So win a couple games here at home and end the World Series. And now they're getting base runners on. Oh, nice play and right. He caught it. That's an incredible grab. Is that Eaton with a great grab? That would have been trouble right there. That hit. You get on to start the sixth. So, I mean, it's a good game. Uh, Washington just can't score any runs. Let's uh, send it over, get an update with Peter Schwartz. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4CBS, the number to get on the bench. Make sure you get all my uh, college football and pro football plays for this weekend's action at PharrellOnTheBench.com. Saturday, you got... Uh, game four of the World Series, a uh, ton of NBA, same thing NHL, loaded weekend. Get on PharrellOnTheBench.com. You're going to love it. Sign up today. Hide the money from your wife. Last week, college, 69%. And last week, pros, 71%. Uh, bets covered. That's my fourth weekend in the NFL out of seven that were in the 70s in terms of percentage wins of bets. So get on PharrellOnTheBench.com. All right, Jerry Hennon's with us on college football. A big day tomorrow, obviously, with a ton of showdowns that could have playoff implications. How you doing, Jerry? I am great, Scott. Always very, very glad to be on the show. All right, so uh, the, these are the big games. Uh, 
we'll go through them each. Auburn and LSU, the games at Death Valley, 3.30 on CBS. Uh, do you give Auburn a chance down there in uh, Baton Rouge? Not as much of a chance as I would like to give them, Scott. I think, uh, you know, anyone who knows me, I've been on the show a lot of times. If you follow me on Twitter, I'm an Auburn guy, born and raised. Uh, so I would like to be optimistic. I have looked for reasons to be optimistic about Auburn's chances in this game. Uh, Bo Nix looked very good against Arkansas. Uh, they've lost Booby Whitlow for the season, well, not for the season, but for like eight weeks. Uh, they're starting running back. The replacements look pretty good against Arkansas. Sean Shivers, a couple of those guys. Uh, the defense, you know, is loaded with talent. A couple of five-star linebackers. And, of course, Derek Brown, the big defensive tackle. Marlon Davidson, their defensive end, who's going to play in the pros, has really been coming on. Um, and it doesn't add up enough for me to really say, yeah, there's a chance. Uh, LSU, I think, has just been the better team this season. We saw it a little bit when Auburn went to Florida and, you know, really just did not look uh, like a team that's ready to contend for an SEC West title, that's ready to contend for a playoff spot. Uh, They scored 13 points, scored one offensive touchdown. Bo Nix, you know, had his moments, but for the most part looked overwhelmed going down to the swamp. Uh, And going to Death Valley is not going to be any easier than going down to the swamp. I don't think LSU's defense, the way Texas kind of carved them up a little bit earlier in the season, uh, is not as strong as Florida's defense. But the environment is going to be the same. The environment maybe, uh, certainly if you ask LSU fans, is going to be even worse. Um, and there's going to be more pressure on Knicks because Auburn's defense is not going to hold LSU's offense down the way they kind of held Florida's offense down. Joe Burrow, I don't know what kind of like Louisiana voodoo Captain America serum they gave him this last offseason, uh, but that guy has turned into one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He has been absolutely smoking hot all season and the Auburn defense is kind of secret Achilles heel Scott they've been their sack numbers are good you look on paper and it's like oh well I think they've got 20 on the you know they've got a decent number on the year they're ranked in the 20s I think they had three or four against Florida you know they had I think four against Texas A&M the numbers look good when you watch Auburn their third and long defense has not been good they have not been able to get home with their blitz packages Uh, the secondary has not held up on third and long situations and that is absolutely where Joe Burrow has thrived all season long. LSU's receivers are great. Justin Jefferson's having a monster year. Um, I, I very easily foresee repeatable situations where Auburn gets the stuff on first down, gets the stuff on second down, and then just cannot manage uh, to get LSU off the field on third down. Those situations lead to points. The points lead to more pressure on Bo Nix. And, um, you know, I, I'm not confident about Auburn winning the game at all. I'm not really even confident about him covering the spread. I, I'm looking at 10 and a half, and um, especially after what Auburn did down in Gainesville, uh, I, I would lean towards LSU and give him the point. Wow. And Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Columbus. And uh, the last time I checked, uh, it's, it's 14 and a half. It opened at 13 and a half, and Wisconsin's getting two touchdowns and a hook. And Ohio State scoring about, on average, uh, beating teams by 40 points. Uh, these are two teams. I, let me say this before we start talking about this game. What the hell happened in that Illinois game, Scott? Um, like, with Wisconsin losing last week. Like, that is the most inexplicable result I feel like we've had uh, in a couple of years. Like, that, you know, I, we, this is a sport where we all know anything can happen. And this is one of those reminders. It's like, oh, absolutely any damn thing can happen. 
because Wisconsin had smoked everyone all season long, was fresh off beating Michigan State. Michigan State's a decent team. We know they're pretty well coached with Antonio, maybe not as much on the offensive side of things, but they beat them 38 to nothing. That was worse than Ohio State did. Ohio State beat Michigan State 34 to 10, and that game was at home. Um, and then they go out and lay an absolute egg against Illinois, uh, you know, kind of outgained them by about 100 yards, but a few critical turnovers. You know, I'm mad about it. This game should be even bigger than it is, uh, and the Badgers went out and did that. I'm, 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 I haven't gotten over it. Uh, this week's game, though, um, because of that, in some ways, I, I, I kind of like Wisconsin to cover. I don't think they're going to win the game, uh, but Jack Cohen has been a good quarterback. He actually was pretty good. He had the back-breaking turnover against Illinois, but his numbers were good, 260 yards, nine yards in attempt. He's been good. We know what Jonathan Taylor can do when he's not fumbling the ball again in critical situations. Um, I think this team is too good to kind of have two eggs in a row. Ohio State has killed everybody. Justin Fields, you know, I think is right there with Jalen Hurts in the Heisman conversation or should be. Uh, you beat Northwestern 52-3. to You beat Nebraska 48-7, to et cetera, et cetera. But still, Cincinnati is the best team that Ohio State has played. Now, admittedly, they beat them 42 to nothing. Uh, but that's the best team comfortably that Ohio State has played and Wisconsin is on another level from Cincinnati. Uh, that defense in particular, I think Wisconsin might have the best linebackers in the country, Zach Bond, Chris Orr, those guys. Uh, Jim Leonard is a fantastic defense coordinator, and especially after last week, I think Wisconsin is going to be ready to play this game. I think Ohio State is going to have to work for their supper a little bit. Um, if the game was in Madison, I might kind of think about pulling, picking the upset. I don't think it's going to happen in Columbus. I think there's going to be a little bit of a shock for Ohio State getting this level up uh, in difficulty. But just at home, too many weapons for Ohio State. Ohio State's defense is playing fantastic, too. It's going to be, I think, a lower-scoring game than people would expect. Uh, And so I do like Wisconsin in the points. But ultimately, yeah, I think the Buckeyes are going to pull it out. You know, uh, Penn State is playing in East Lansing. You had talked about Michigan State. They opened as a uh, seven-point favorite. It's down to four-and-a-half. And And I got to tell you – yeah, I don't think Michigan State's good this year at all. And, I, no. you know, everybody keeps talking about they're a good team and, and they have a good defense and everything else. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't – I'm just not seeing that. And, and Penn State's uh, – their receiving core is sickening. They're lighting everybody up. I, You know, am I crazy to think that they can't handle that four and a half? I mean, my God, I thought they'd cover it at seven. No, um, I think Penn State would absolutely be my pick against the spread there. Michigan State, I, the offense is just not there. I, you know, I feel like Lewerke is a decent quarterback, but you know they had a, a, a poor offense last season. It was bad. Um, and D'Antonio's response, and again, you know, I have all the respect in the world for D'Antonio, what he's accomplished in East Lansing, which is really not an easy place uh, to put together a top-tier program these days. Uh, you know, you're kind of the second fiddle recruiting-wise in-state, not a deep state you know, recruiting-wise uh, in that sense, you know, where you get a lot of five-star and four-star prospects coming out in-state every year. Uh, you have to be a little bit creative. They've done that. You know, the defense has been so good for so long. But uh, this offensive coaching situation is kind of a disaster. Like, they uh, had a terrible year offensively last year, and Antonio's response was just to shuffle – uh, the assignments around. Like, I think last year's running backs coach is now the coordinator. Like, the coordinator is now, like, the offensive light coach. I, I can't remember the ex- exact way that the pieces moved around, uh, but it was really kind of deck chairs on the Titanic, and the whole thing is kind of sinking. Um, did not score against Wisconsin. 
scored 10 points against Ohio State, uh, scored seven in that loss to Arizona State, which really was inexplicable. Uh, Penn State's got a good, good team. Um, you know, they've beaten uh, the absolute living tar out of some folks. You know, the Michigan game last week ended up, you know, Michigan drops the touchdown pass that could have tied it. But that game was 21 to nothing, and Penn State kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. Um, I, I think they are a much, much better team than Michigan State. And even with this game in East Lansing, uh, it's not like Michigan State's played great in East Lansing so far this year. They lost to Arizona State, really, really struggled with Indiana. Um, I absolutely would agree with you taking uh, the Nittany Lions against the spread in this one. Let's talk about Notre Dame and Michigan while we're at it after Michigan dropped that uh, pass in the end zone. They're in Ann Arbor, and the Irish are coming to town, and, you know, it's the same old story with the Wolverines. They never beat ranked teams. Uh, It's been a while. And, you know, I lived in Ann Arbor for three years. I've got lots of friends who are Michigan fans. And this – I don't want to say it's a must-win game for Jim Harbaugh because they're not going to fire him. He's making too much money. Who else are they going to get? He's like the Michigan guy. You can argue that, like, this should have been a really good team, and then he just kind of botched the offense coordinator hire. Josh Gaddis has obviously not delivered the results he was hired to get. Um, You know, Shea Patterson looks like pretty much the same quarterback, maybe even a slightly worse quarterback than he was last year. Uh, You know, you can imagine saying, okay, well, you know, certainly the Michigan administration, I think, is going to give Harbaugh another year. But if you lose this game where you're at home, you're desperate, Notre Dame, you know, is a good team, but not maybe a great team, you know, the way they've played this year. where They've kind of just, you know, beaten everybody, but they haven't beaten the socks off of people the way we've seen in Ohio State, the way we've seen in Wisconsin do it. Um, you know, this ought to be a game that Michigan should win. Uh, you know, Notre Dame, certainly they hung with Georgia, but that, you know, that game they benefited from the fumble punt and kind of this stuff. Uh, this just feels like the sort of game that if Michigan is ever going to be the kind of program that they want to be under Jim Harbaugh, this is the game they've got to win at home under the lights. They've got to pull it off. And so I feel like that desperation ought to equal a Michigan win, but I, I can't trust them. Like they haven't done it in so long. Like, You know, they knew that Army coming in was going to be a test. They basically failed that. Uh, They knew Wisconsin was going to be a test. Total no-show, just annihilated. You know, Penn State, same kind of thing. Admittedly, these are road games, the Wisconsin-Penn State games, but they come out and they're down 21 to nothing. Like, you know, I I just don't trust them at all. Patterson has just been too erratic. They just seem banged up in certain places. The defensive line is good, but it's certainly not what it was last year with Winovich and Gary and those guys. Like, you, you can you can move the ball a little bit on this defense. Um, you know, and Ian Book, Tony Jones Jr. is having a really good season at running back for Notre Dame. Uh, Kelly really honestly needs to give him the ball more often, I think. Um, you know, I think they can have some success moving the ball. It just feels like until Michigan wins one of these games and kind of lifts the pall a little bit off of the program, um, you know, that's been there ever since the spot, pretty much. Uh, you know, I, I just don't trust them. I, I, I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. I like Notre Dame. All right, so uh, respectfully, i got about uh, two minutes here. Give me yeah. who you like in that Washington State-Oregon game and then Cal-Utah. And, and, you know, when Gordon is lit, he's got 29 TD passes. If he doesn't throw the ball away, and then uh, Herbert's got, I think, 21 TDs. And one pick, I think that's going to be a really good game at Outson. Uh, it would be 
if, like, I didn't think Oregon's defense was just so much better. They hired, uh, what's the guy, Andy Avalos, I think is their new defensive coordinator's name. They've been very good aside from that Washington game last week. Uh, and, you know, Eason kind of got them a little bit. But I still think that's a very, very good defense, much, much better than Washington State's defense. This is one of those games that is in Pullman. I think would be a lot more competitive. Maybe you could see the upset happening with it being in Austin. Anthony Gordon really struggled against another good defense in Utah when they went down there. Uh, I, I think the Ducks are going to win that one. I'm reasonably confident in that. Same thing with Utah. Uh, Cal, I think I saw it down to their third-string quarterback, and their second-string quarterback uh, did not fill me with confidence. They're coming off a loss to Oregon State. That game is going to be super low scoring. It is in uh, I think the over the total. I think I saw was like 36 or 37 last time I checked. Um, 36, 36. So do you, if you like punts, uh, you need to turn into Cal Utah. Uh, you know, and I'm very interested to see if Utah can cover 20 and a half on a total of 36. Um, and I think they might do it. This this game really to me has like possibly uh, 30 to three written all over it. Cal is. I, I think they're going to have a really hard time scoring the ball. Uh, and then uh, I, I'm under a minute here. Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Ames could be decent. It could be, but I think Iowa State's better. Brock Purdy is very, very good. Honestly, you know, Iowa State's lost two games. They've been, though, to two good teams in Iowa and Baylor, uh, and both those games were kind of down to the wire. They've dominated a lot of their other competition. I think Matt Campbell uh, needs to go to a bigger job. He, he's, you know, with all due respect to Iowa State because, you know, they're a fine program and all of that. But Matt Campbell uh, is a, like, major, major program, uh, you know, watching this USC game. Like, it doesn't make any sense, honestly, that Clay Helton is coaching USC and Matt Campbell is coaching Iowa State. Like, uh, I, I, I think the Cyclones are going to get that one. Yeah, I st- but I don't think he's getting a USC job. Uh, Carver High and I think Urban Meyer are going to get that job. Great stuff tonight, Jerry. Enjoy the games tomorrow. Thanks for coming on the bench. We'll be in touch. Absolutely, Scott. Anytime, man. All right, Jerry Hennen with us, our college football insider. Don't forget, uh, Jamie Eisenberg's coming up next. Right at the top of the hour after the update, check out Jamie with all your fantasy problems, who to start, who to sit, who to deal. He'll help your lineup because you suck at it. He doesn't. 855-212-4CBS. Get you on the bench. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.